What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Call to Act podcast. If this is your very first time tuning in, thank you so very much for spending some time with me today. Hopefully, what the Lord has laid on my heart will be a blessing and a source of encouragement to you today. Honestly, this is a topic that I planned on talking about in a later episode, but you know, I spoke a couple weeks ago about putting together the pieces, putting together the dominoes, and looking at different events that have happened in your life and seeing the way that the Lord has laid the groundwork for something else to come up. Well, I was supposed to have somebody record with me this past Thursday, but he had to reschedule to Saturday, which is today. But then yesterday, his manager messaged me again and said, or his person, I'm not really sure who it was, whoever handles his schedule and said, you know, can we move it to next week? And so I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, we can, we can definitely do that. And so I feel like this was a topic that has been on my heart heavily lately because I've been dealing with it personally. And it's something that growing up, um, talking about, uh, not so much stress, but, but depression, you know, we're going to talk about depression and stress today, a little bit about those two topics and, and growing up the church that I grew in, grew up in, whenever you hear the word like depression, it almost felt like that was something that only weak people dealt with. You know, I'm just being completely honest right now. So like, I remember when me and my wife first got together and this is something that, you know, me and my wife first met when I was, I had just turned 21. And up to that point, you know, we change and, and we, we evolve throughout our life. We grow in our life, like, you know, not just our spiritual life, but our, you know, our physical life and everything like that. And, and our mental health goes into all of that as well. Like it's not just spiritual. The battle is against flesh and blood, but there are also external things, you know, physical things that we have to take care of as well. Right. And so whenever I would hear people talk about depression, I always just assume like that person is like mentally weak. You know, I'm just going to be completely honest. That might make some people mad hearing me say that or, or like I feel insensitive. But, you know, gr growing up in the churches that I went to, that was always kind of the vibe to me. And I think a lot of people think that like there's a, a misconception that if you're a Christian, you can't be depressed because you're just supposed to trust in God, right? And we are supposed to trust in God, but depression is a real thing. Oppression is a real thing. And so we're going to get into that a little bit today. But first, let's go ahead and get into what's up and then we'll go from there. What's up? What's up? What's up? All right. So I figured this was kind of a fitting story to go to my what's up today because we're talking about stress. And so a couple of weeks ago, um, I was having some truck issues. As, as a lot of you guys know, I'm a truck driver. And if you are new to the show and that you've not heard me say that before, I'm a truck driver. I've been driving since I was 21 and I was having truck problems all week. And I remember I was praying to God because here, here's the thing. A lot of times the things that we're struggling with in life, like for me right now, and this is what I just figured out last week. And that's what I want to share with you guys today is a lot of the things that we are struggling with are things that we asked for. Like if you're asking God to take you to a different place in your life, if you're asking God to move you up to a higher position, a higher calling, you know what I'm saying? Like, like more responsibility, I guess you could say, if you're asking God for these things, 
you can't just go straight into battle. Like you have to go through the boot camp first. Like for somebody that does sports, you got to go through the, the, the training. You got to go through the exercising. You got to go through all the practicing. So when you get to the games, you're ready and it's easy. You know, you hear so many athletes say like the games are, you know, once we get to the games, it's easy because we went through hell in practice. You know, I can remember when I was in, you know, fifth and sixth grade, there was a coach at our high school who he would have a bucket, a, a, a trash can on each corner of the of the gym and he would have the guys just run around it run around run around they were just running and they would be they would stop some of the guys would stop and throw up in there but then they would keep going but you know what when they're going through all this this exercising this running the training their body when they got into the game and you look over on the other side of the court and one team's winded our guys are ready to go because they've been working out because they've been running because they've been training themselves for the game so when it's there it seems like it's just nothing like it's easy and so a lot of the things that we struggle with, maybe depression or anxiety or stress, it, it is to stretch us. Like if we're asking God to take us to the next level, new levels, new devils. So you're going to have to go through these things ultimately to get to where God, like where you're asking God to take you because it's like a leveling up process. He wants to see, okay, can you handle this right now? But understand that you're not handling it alone. Because that's that's one thing too, and I'm getting into I'm kind of just all over the place right now. But one thing that I that I grew up thinking as well, I always remember hearing in the church, at least the ones that I grew up in, that Jesus is not going to give you more than you can handle, and that's not true. Like the Bible says that God is not going to allow you to be tempted, and that's what I want to encourage you guys too. Don't just take my word for it, because I'm just going to go ahead and tell you right now, I do not have all the answers. I, you can ask my wife. You know, she <laughs> she doesn't think I have very many answers to anything, but you know, I don't have all the answers, the things that I come each week. And I was actually just talking to my mom about this the other day, because I've talked to several other people that podcast and they're talking about, you know, I've got a plan for this and this and this, I've got podcast episodes like stretched out for like a month. I know what I'm going to do a month from now. And I remember when I first started, I was literally just coming from a place where I just wanted the spirit to use me each and every week to, to say whatever, needed to be said in that moment for whoever listens to the podcast. And so like, that's literally where I still am right now. Like I do plan out in terms of my guest, but like in terms of like these solo episodes, it's not something that I have stretched out for a long time. Like this topic right here, this was something that I was thinking about last week. You know, it's not something that I've been like gleaning on for a long time, but I think that the, the Holy Spirit has been such a major influence in what I'm doing that each time I put out an episode, I just pray and I say, Lord, give me the next topic for the next episode or like reveal to me what you need from me, what you need me to say on the next episode. Like, give me the, give me the answers. You know what I mean? And he's been doing that th this whole time. And, and throughout that too, he's been putting different trials and tribulations in my life. So going back, we're still talking about what's up here. I know I went down a whole rabbit hole there, but you know, I was having these different truck issues. And so I went for for like a week and my truck kept derating and, and derating is just, it, it was losing power. So like, it didn't want to go up any hill. It was struggling. Anytime I went up any kind of hill, it would go, you know, four or five miles an hour. That's no exaggeration. That's what it was. And you're, when you're sitting in a truck and you're sweating nervous because you look at the line of cars behind you and people cussing you out and flipping you off because you're going four miles an hour. It's a very, it can make for a very stressful day. And it went the whole week like that. And it just made that whole week seem like, you know, a month because it just seemed like it never ended. 
And I remember I would, I would pray. I'm like, Lord, let me get through this day, please. And he was faithful. We got through the week and they fixed it that weekend. I come back Monday. And I'm like, okay, good. I get through Monday. And I'm like, okay, we're back. We're back. We're good. We're good. Tuesday comes. That's when I get hit with a call. That, if you listen to the episode about Domino's where I talked about how I got called in and they said, did you get everything taken care of with your drug test? That was that Tuesday. So I had been stressed out the week before <laughs> because I was having truck issues. And then the week after that is when they say, well, you know, you got to go do uh, another drug test and this and that. And so that's when I had a week and a half off. And so then I get back to work and I have a couple days and I'm like, okay, now it's just, you know, we get a little breather here for a minute. Well, then this past week I was having just issues all week long with my truck. It kept trying to overheat. They didn't really know what the issue was. They were like, well, is it low on coolant? And I'm like, I just put two gallons in there this morning. So it's not low on coolant. And so I was stressed out about it because, you know, then again, when that, when the truck overheats, it gets to the point where you're just having to pull over and wait for it to cool down, you know? And yesterday I ended up working like almost 15 hours, actually a little over 15 hours because my truck kept overheating. And it was one of those things where I was just thinking about it all day long. And I heard a pastor, like I mentioned a little bit ago, talk about this, where these different stresses that we have in our life, it is that boot camp. It is that training camp. You can't just go from zero to a hundred. You have to go through the trials because here's the thing. It's like a plate. It's like if you go to a buffet and, and all you have is like one of those little saucers, like, like at a little kid's birthday party where they give you that little tiny plate where you can put a little slice of birthday cake on there. You're walking up to the buffet with that. You can only fit a couple different items off of the buffet, right? But you want more. You're hungry. You want more. So in order to do that, you have to get a bigger plate. So it's the same thing like in life. When we're asking God, I want a bigger plate at the buffet, you have to go through these trials in order to be trusted with that bigger plate. Like he wants to stretch you. Can you handle that? But then, like I said earlier, how God's not going to give you more than you can handle. Yeah, God is going to give you more than you can handle because he wants you to have that understanding that the way that you're able to handle it is through him. It's because of him. And so when you are in that partnership with him and saying, Lord, I can't do this alone. I need you to help me. That's when he comes along and say, okay, now you got it. And I've heard people say, well, God, uh, especially like, um, like on YouTube and stuff like that. I'll see people say stuff like God is conceited because, you know, it's all about him. Just think about what I said there, like that partnership. The creator of the world wants to have a relationship with you. It's, it's not like a, a braggadocious thing. It's literally a relationship. It's a relational thing. He's saying, I want you to understand that you can't do this alone. So I'm going to help you. We're going to do this together. It's like me with my kids. If they're struggling to open a, a Capri Sun and then I come over and I help them. It's not because I'm trying to be like, oh, look at you. You can't even open this. No, it's I'm going to help you so you can accomplish this goal that you're trying to do. And ultimately, we're trying to point people to God. So God's saying, you know what? You can't do it alone. I'm going to help you. I'm going to open doors for you. I'm going to give you more responsibility. But in order for you to handle more responsibility, you have to get to a place where the stresses that is going on in your life right now, they seem like nothing. The more that you can handle is the more you're going to level up. And the pastor that I heard talking about this the other day, he said it so much more eloquently than I could. But you want it to get to that place where you're trusting in God and through God, through you guys working together, you and God in that relational aspect, he starts to give you more. He starts to give you more. And, and, you know, for, for me personally, and that's one thing that I want to say too, about 
just society in general, like we, we do the best that we can to vet every single thing that our kids watch. You know, you have to, and, and I've talked about that on past episodes. Last night, we're putting our kids in the bed and, you know, my wife, she goes on YouTube and everything like that and blocks all the inappropriate content, right? All these things, the, the agenda that they're trying to push right now, all the LGBTQ stuff, all, all of that, we, we block it because our kids are not of the age where they should be having to deal with any of this stuff. It doesn't have anything to do with being hateful. We don't hate anybody, but our kids, they're kids. They're not, they shouldn't be hearing about this garbage. So we vet everything. We, we check everything out. We screen it before we let our kids watch it. And last night, my daughter was talking to me about some show and, and she said, yeah, they've got, uh, there's two women on there and they say, and they're, they say they're married. The one calls the other one her wife. And so I had to sit down with my eight-year-old and, and talk to her about this stuff. And so like, I just want to encourage you parents out there, like even somebody like, you know, parents that are, that are really trying to screen everything your kids watch. Um, the world seems to find a way to get it through. And, and so just, <laughs> you know, you don't want to be overprotective, but it's just like, you can't, you, it, it kind of puts you in a position where you kind of have to be, you know, I mean, what else can you do? But I think that the Lord is doing so much right now. And the Lord has put a vision on my heart and he kind of just, he keeps reassuring me of that vision and, and reaffirming it to me. And there's something that you know, if, if you guys that are listening right now could pray for this, the Lord has given me a vision that has to do with um, all of this stuff in terms of media, not just podcasting, um, music and, and stuff for kids and uh, entertainment that, that you would feel okay to set your kids in front of and not have to worry about what they're getting, you know. And um, so I don't want to reveal everything about that right now because I'm still praying that the Lord would open certain doors and he's going to have to open a lot of doors for this vision that he's placed on my heart to happen. But there's something that I am waiting for and I'm praying for. And so if you guys would, I know that's very vague, but if y'all would just say a, you know, a, a prayer request alongside with me for this, because this is something that I think the Lord has put on my heart to do. And if it is from him, it can't be stopped. And it's going to be something that's going to be um, very helpful for parents, especially with younger children. Um, so I want to read a couple of stats here. You know, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about depression, talk a little bit about stress. Um, these are stats from the World Health Org Organization. And I got some stats from Statiska, I think is how you say it. And um, just a couple different sites. So this, these aren't just things that I've made up. Okay. So 3.8% of the population are affected by depression. Okay. That doesn't sound like a lot, but when you think of how big, like how many, how many people are actually in the world, you know, there's what, 8 billion people in the world, 3.8% of the population are affected. That comes down to 280 million people suffer from depression, 280 million people. It's insane. Um, over 700,000 people die from suicide every year. Suicide is the fourth leading cause of death in 15 to 19 year olds. 75% of people receive no treatment for having depression. Depression can cause low energy, loss of appetite, numbers of other things. Um, it can, it can make you feel numb. It can make you feel empty in 2018, 1.9 million children ages from three to 17 were diagnosed with depression. Um, that's, that's, that was a staggering number to me because I have, you know, a three-year-old, 
Well, he's actually, he'll be three in a couple months. And then Landry, my four-year-old, obviously he just turned four last year, but it's, it's, you never think about a three-year-old and I, and I don't even know how they diagnose someone that young, but you listen to those numbers, all these people that are struggling with depression. And like I said at the beginning, I want to apologize for that. Anybody that is struggling with depression right now, what I used to think was not right. That if you were somebody that struggles with depression, you're weak. You're not weak. This world is is designed in a way to pull you away from the creator. Satan is doing everything that he can to pull you away from that. And it is a depressing thing to think about being separated from who created us and, and who loves us and everything that tries to distract us from that. And I know a lot of different preachers preach different ways, and I'm not just trying to attack the church. And I'm trying to be careful with my words here, but I feel like this stuff needs to be said like, if you're a Christian, that doesn't exempt you from depression, right? Let's look at the examples. I wrote down several examples here in the Bible. Elijah, Paul, David, Jacob, the whole book of Job is basically about him being depressed. You can look at so many different people throughout the Bible who struggled with depression. And I'm going to give you some, I'm not going to read every single you know passage that talks about depression, but I'm going to give you guys a little bit of homework here. Elijah, if you look in 1 Kings 19, 1 through 4, and and one thing that is crazy about the whole story with Elijah as well, after when when Elijah is facing depression is right after he just saw a major miracle, right? He just brought down the fire. It had not been raining for three years. He brings down the fire and Jezebel says, you know what? This time tomorrow, you're going to be dead. I'm going to kill you. So he runs. And, and this is what I said a second ago, talking about the physical. First of all, after he, after the, after God made it rain, Elijah told who was it? I can't remember the guy's name, whoever it was that was married to Jezebel to go back to the city to prepare for the rain. And so he gets in his horse and chariot and rides back. And Elijah, it says in the word filled with the Holy Spirit, runs back and beats him there. I'm not sure what the distance was between the two, but for him to run back and beat someone in a horse and buggy because he's filled with the Holy Spirit. And then you look to it takes a lot out of you when you see a miracle the way that Elijah did, bringing down that fire from heaven. I'm sure like pairing that with being feel, filled with the Holy Spirit in that moment and then when the Holy Spirit leaves him, because we know the Holy Spirit came down in the Bible in the Old Testament, but only on people in certain moments. The Holy Spirit wasn't here all the time. That's why when Jesus said, I'm going and when I, it's going to be better for you than I'm gone because I'm going to send a comforter. That was the Holy Spirit, right? So the Holy Spirit would come down on people and fill them in the Old Testament. And that's what happened with Elijah. So when the Holy Spirit goes out of him, I'm sure that was a draining experience as well. Also, it says in the word that he travels a day's journey to get by the brook, to get under the uh, the the tree, the juniper tree. And so you pair all that walking together. He was exhausted. So that, ad, you know, it, the, the depression comes from the physical as well, being exhausted. Sometimes all we need is just to rest and to to cry out to the Lord, to eat a little bit of, of cake and water, like it said in Scripture for, for Elijah. But uh, Paul in 2 Corinthians 7, 5 through 7, he talks about how we're afflicted at every turn. Everywhere we go, we're afflicted. And, and, and it kind of talks about how he struggled with depression. But what helped him was seeing his friends coming. It says he uh, Titus came and met him and it encouraged him. So understand, too, that God uses people in our life 
to pull us out of these different things, these different afflictions, to pull us out of these 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 low moments in our life. So don't push people away. I know that the the in, the um, initial reaction when you're depressed or if you're feeling low is to push people away, but that's that's the opposite of what we need to do, right? Um, David, if you look at now, I just want to read these verses real quick from Psalms, Psalms chapter 40, verses 12 and 13. It says, for evils have encompassed me beyond number. My iniquities have overtaken me and I cannot see. There are more than the hairs of my head. My heart fails me. Oh, uh, be pleased, oh Lord, to deliver me. Oh Lord, make haste to help me. That sounds like somebody that's dealing with depression to me. And this is somebody who slayed the giant. God has blessed him in such a way that he is the king, you know, the greatest king up to that point, and he's dealing with depression. I think it, 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 and I don't want to sound insensitive in any of the ways that I'm saying this stuff, because like I said, I have been dealing with depression, especially over, you know, I talked about it with an episode with Antoine last year, where like spiritual warfare is something that's so real and it's so heavy, you know, and, and the first time that I was hit with depression was and it doesn't you anybody that struggles with with depression it's not something that you're just feeling all the time it's these like low points these moments you know you just because you you get depressed sometimes doesn't mean that you're never happy right but it's just these numb numbing lonely empty moments in your life where you're like is anything actually worth it is it is any is any of this stuff that I'm going through is it for anything or is this for nothing is are people just laughing at me is God just laughing at me you know these are real questions and we're falling and it's okay to say these things you know it's okay to to question you know is what i'm doing here worth it is what i'm doing here matter because it does but sometimes we can feel so low that just look at these people in the bible elijah literally was to the point of suicide where he's saying i'm no better than my fathers right i'm no better than those ahead of me after he just saw the the fire come down from heaven and consume the offering he's saying i just want to die in this moment if you we talked about a couple of weeks ago Jacob uh, Jacob in Genesis chapter thirty two where he's feeling stressed out and he's feeling depressed because he's looking at what he's having to face tomorrow having to face Elijah I'm not Elijah I'm sorry Esau and then ultimately the example that we need to be emulating more than anybody else is Jesus if you look at Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane he is literally stressed to the point where he is sweating blood because he's so stressed in that moment he's like. Father, can if, is there any way that we can do something else? Can take this cup from me? But ultimately, it's your will, not mine. I'm going to do it if this is the only way. But he, even Jesus, dealing with depression in that moment, dealing with stress and anxiety in that moment because he knows what's getting ready to come. So how do we combat stress? I think James said it best in James 1. Uh, and I'm going to read a couple of those verses real quick. James chapter one, verse two, it says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. That testing of your faith is that leveling up factor. It's that, okay, you're able to handle where you're at right now. If, and if you're someone that's that's trying to do more for the Lord, more is going to be put on you. Your, your faith is going to be tested because you have to see God's power, like you have to get it for yourself. You have to see it for yourself in order to branch out to show others because the test become our testimonies, right? So each test that you go through is a testimony that you can share with other people. So you have got to go through the ringer because you have to be able to like at any moment be like, okay, this is something that God did in my life here. 
And somebody says, well, well, that's one. Well, what about this, this time? God also did something here. I can look back at so many different times in my life and just see the different areas where God has blessed, where God has come through for me, where God has shown me his strength, where God has shown me his power. We were driving in the car earlier today and Kelly was sitting over there crocheting. By the way, um, my wife does a crocheting little business and she's really good. It's called a Finn Marie, Finn Marie crochet, I think is what it is. Um, she has an, she has an Instagram and stuff like that. So if you, if you parents out there like, you know, homemade crochet stuff, um, for your kids, she could do customizable dolls, she does superheroes, princesses, all that kind of stuff. Uh, baby Yoda, all that stuff. So if y'all, uh, she didn't Paddington bear, but, um, I, t uh, she said, are you impressed? You know, a lot of times we'll joke around. She's like, you impressed with my, uh, crocheting <laughs> and, uh, I said, yeah, you know, you're crazy. You're crazy with that. As a uh, Charlie, uh, Charlie Banks, his mom's, I guess she says that I like to say sick a lot. So I'm, I'll just say it here. I was like, yeah, that's sick. You know, that's sick. That's good. And, um, so it went to, I told her, you know, I'm also impressed of how good of a mother you are and this and that. And, uh, she told me that one thing that has impressed her and one thing that's always impressed her about me is my faith. Like the way that I spoke about God and the way that there's no doubt in my mind that God is who he says he is and, and the things in the Bible are true. And, and I just look at that and that has nothing to do with me. It's the different things that I've, that I've seen God come through in my life in different struggles and different times of hardship. And he's come through and he's always been there. So my faith is it's, it's at a level that you can't talk me out of, of like what God has done in my life, if that makes sense. And I know that there's going to be a lot of more trials. There's going to be a lot of more times of depression, times of low, uh, you know, low feelings, because here's the deal. When you're on that mountaintop, you can't just go from mountaintop to mountaintop. Because then, like I said a second ago, what, what testimony do you have if everything is just a, like cloud nine all the time? You've got to go through those valleys. So at, when you're on your way back up to that mountaintop, you're able to tell people around you, this is what God's done for me. And this is what God could do for you as well. So um, I, I think one thing too that when, when you talk about depression, and, and I'm speaking about this from a place of, of personal experience, right? Because I know a lot of times in my life where, especially since starting the podcast, because I've said before that, I, that my goal is to reach millions through this podcast. And I feel like God has called me to do that, to reach as many people as I possibly can. I do believe it's going to be millions. And there's times where I see different people that maybe have started a podcast after me or the same time that I did, and they'll have different numbers than I do. And it's not all about the numbers, but, but there are times as a human being where I'll like pray and I'm like, God, I know that you've called me to do this. Why is it not going the way that I think it should be going? Why are the numbers not where I think they should be? And you know, somebody might be laughing at this right now. I'm like, you think that's a problem? But it, it, I'm just coming at it from a place of like realness, like authentically, this is what I've been dealing with. And so a couple of weeks ago, there was a, there was a several times over the span of the last month where I would get mad at God and I wouldn't talk to him for the, for a day. You know what I'm saying? And, and I think I've spoken about that on episodes before and it clicked with me the other day. We are and I'm just going to say it from my, from my perspective, from, from my experience, I can be so impatient at times and I can be so selfish at times. And 
I can say things like, God, why did this not happen in this moment? Because this didn't happen in this moment. I'm not going to talk to you today. And I bring that depression on myself because all that does at the end of the day is it makes me miss that relationship that I have with him. We are so impatient that we say, God, we can't have this right when we want it, but we expect God to have the most patience with us, right? We trip over the same things all the time. And yet we still expect God to forgive us whenever we ask him for forgiveness. Yet we can't have enough patience with God to say, okay, like it says in, I believe it's first Peter, God is not slow like the way that we see slowness. God is not slow in keeping his promises, but we want things so instant. We want them right now that if they don't come right when we think they're supposed to be, we get mad about it. We get depressed about it, or at least that's for me, you know, and I know that I'm not, this is not unique to me. So maybe this is something that you're struggling with in a different form or fashion in a different way in your life. But this is something that you say, yeah, that makes sense to me. Hopefully it is something that at least resonates with one of you out there, but it's just like, I have a little patience for God. <laughs> you know, he has so much patience for us. Don't expect him just to run on your schedule. You know, we have to have that patience with him that the reason that this is not here right now is because I have to go through a trial or I have to go through this level right here in order to get to the next level. You know, it's all about patience. It's all about growing. It's all about building. But I think when you, when we look at examples for how to combat depression, I think Joseph did it the best um, because, you know, the Bible doesn't ever specifically say that he was depressed or anything like that. But if you look in Genesis chapter 20, uh, 37, he's a 17 year old kid who gets thrown in a pit and his brothers bring him back up. They literally want to kill him. And they say, you know what, instead of killing him, we're going to sell him as a slave. And then in Genesis chapter 39, Joseph, as he's sold into slavery, he just goes about his business. Right. He he works in the house at such a level that he's promoted to the head of Potiphar's house. And then spoiler alert, if you've never read Genesis chapter 39, 38 or 39, Potiphar's wife wants him to come lie with her. And then she accuses him of trying to have sex with her and gets him thrown in jail. But he's not he never curses God. He never says what's going on in this moment. And he has every reason to be depressed. He has every reason to be mad at God because he's like, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to live for you. And I get thrown in a pit and then I get brought out of the pit. And now I'm okay. I'm doing good here. And, and it says in the word that like Potiphar's house was blessed because of Joseph's hand. Joseph was working in such a way that it's like, it's evident to people around him that something is different about him, that the Lord is blessing him, that the Lord is using him. So he's promoted in the house. Then he gets thrown in jail. But you know what he says? You know, what? I'm just going to keep doing what I can do in this moment. So he just works, does whatever he needs to do in the jail to become promoted to, you know, basically head, head jailer. Right. And even when he has a moment where the Lord allows him to use his gift of interpretation of dreams for the baker and the, and the butler, um, the baker and the, uh, the cupbearer. Those guys get, you know, the one guy is, is hung and the other one is promoted back to his original job. He gets forgotten in the jail. The cupbearer forgets about him and he has every reason to be depressed right then. But he never strays away from God, you know, and it's a daily thing. It's so easy for these things to creep into our minds. The depression, the anxiety, 
the stress over what's tomorrow, what, 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 what's going to happen to me tomorrow? You know, what's going to happen to me next week? The cure for all this stuff is showing up and doing what you can do each and every day. It doesn't matter where you are because ultimately Joseph was sold into slavery at 17 when he was finally brought out of, of bondage. That's, that's basically bondage the whole way up, right? From the pit to being a slave to being in jail. He's taken out of jail because he's needed in that moment. And you know what? He could have said, you know what? This cupbearer is lying to you, right? He could have got even, right? And I'm using air quotes on that. He could have gotten even. And when he was put in front of Pharaoh said, I don't know what this guy's talking about, you know, and I'm sure that that, that cupbearer, there would have been some trouble for him. But you know what? He didn't because he was blessed with a gift from God and he said, you know what? I'm going to use my gift to the best of my ability for you, Lord. And he was promoted to second in command to the point where if you look after they collect all the food, when the people, when the famine hit and the people started coming to Pharaoh, he's like, I don't know, go to Joseph, go see Joseph. Like, don't even come to me, go see Joseph. This was a dude that was in a pit and then he's a slave and then he's put in jail. And then in an instant, he's promoted to a position where people are coming to him for answers. Why? Because that daily grind, the daily staying on what he needed to do in that moment. Same way for David. If you look at David's story, he was just doing his thing every day. He was anointed by Samuel as a kid, right? But not promoted to king until he is much, much older. He's having to wait and, and knowing in his mind that I'm going to be king one day, but still goes through his daily chores, goes through his daily living, does the things that he does best in terms of keeping the sheep. You know, he could be out in the field depressed because he's saying, I was anointed king and now I'm out here with these sheep. You know what I'm saying? But it's just getting in there and doing the things that you're supposed to do, showing up on time, doing whatever you need to do in that moment, like waiting, preparing, practicing for that next level, right? Because he knew it was going to happen. But he didn't just wait around. He did what he needed to do until that day came. His father sent him to go take his brothers some food. He gets there at the time where Goliath is coming out. And, and here's the thing, too. That ultimately changed not only his life, but his whole family's life. That moment. And all he was doing was what he was told. He was taking care of his responsibilities. And he came with what he had, like the sling. He picks down and he gets down and picks up rocks. He used whatever he had at his disposal and changed not only his life, but he changed his whole family's life because they're not having to pay taxes. And this, his family, like his dad is literally just somebody that just sticks him out into the field. When, whenever, um, uh, Samuel comes to anoint, like he doesn't even think of David. He's like, Oh yeah, I got one more son out in the field. Like he's forgotten about, but he showed up on time did what he was supposed to do, went through the trials, went through the tribulations. So when the Goliath came, he already had that faith that God was going to give him the victory. You know, there, there are so many moments in life when you're trying to do more for God that, that these different things pop up and you're like, why is this happening right now? And I just want to leave you guys with that encouragement. Like I'm someone that never dealt with depression, like I said earlier, up, up until recently. And it's not something that's all the time, but it's these little moments. And when it first hit me, it's like, what is this? What's going on? 
And I remember praying and I'm saying, God, why am I dealing with this? It's, it's so intense. And I was praying over and over again, God, like, just deliver me from this moment. And I felt him say in my spirit, like, you asked for this. You asked for this, right? And I'm like, yeah, I did. Like, give me the strength to get through this moment. Don't take me out of this situation. Give me the strength to get through it. Give me the strength to level up. When I was in high school, I know I take it back to basketball, but it's just what I know. When I was a sophomore in high school, I played at Tennessee Temple Academy here in Chattanooga. And the summer leading up to that, um, we would go, we would have different open gyms and stuff like that. And we had a new basketball coach. And um, I remember talking to him before the season. And he's like, yeah, I got, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. And he's like, I want you to be the guy that like at the end of the game, if we need somebody to lean on, like, I want you to be that dude. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I got you, whatever you want me to do. And I remember about midway through the season up to that point, I felt like he was dogging me a lot. Right. Like he's like, anytime we went to the locker room, it, it, he didn't really call out a bunch of the other guys, but I remember he would call me out, you know, rip me up. And I remember finally towards the middle of the year, I was just fed up with it. We, we had had a bad game. We got beat pretty bad. And he had said something to me, you know, in the locker room. And I remember after the game was over, after everybody left, I went up to him and I said, what's going on? What, like, what, why am I the only name that I hear you saying? Why are you only calling me out? You know, why aren't you calling out these other dudes? He had a worse game than I did. You know, he didn't do anything today. That guy didn't even get in the game. Why are you saying something to me? And he kind of looked kind of shocked. And he was like, I thought that's what you wanted. Like, I thought you wanted to get better. I thought you could handle it. I don't know that those guys can handle it. You told me at the beginning of the season, you know, whatever I needed from you, you know, that you got me. And that's what God is telling us. Like, especially if you're somebody that's trying to do more for him, you know, you can't ask God to, to take you to a level that you haven't been trained for. Right. So if you feel like you're given an unfair hand, what, what, what are you praying for? Like, what are you trying to, to seek after? Like, what's your goal? And I know depression comes in all many different, so many different kinds of forms. So I know I'm being very like specific with, with this, uh, form of depression. And, and, and this, my struggle too, might be more on the line, a little bit of like, oppression in the moment, like the enemy trying to distract me. But I think it all kind of, it all kind of like lumps together a little bit. You know what I mean? But it's just being ready, like no matter what it is, showing up, doing the best that you can do in that moment, showing up on time, doing your thing, whatever's needed in that moment, not complaining, just getting after it. And so that's all that I got for you guys today. Um, if you guys would, if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and, uh, like, subscribe, comment, all that fun stuff. It sounds so weird because every every podcast says that. I, I hate that part. I hate the, I feel weird saying it at the beginning. I feel weird saying it at the end. So, you know, if you guys are getting anything out of it, if y'all would help me out in that way, because that what it does is it does, the more interaction that I get on uh, YouTube, the more YouTube pushes it out for other people. And so if you guys would partner with me in that. And so, that's everything that I got for you guys today. Thank you so very much again for tuning in. Thank you so very much for the ones that listen every single week. Um, if you have any prayer requests or anything like that, feel free to reach out. Um, you can uh, contact me on my Instagram, call to act podcast. It's all in one word. You can contact me on my email. And I think I'm going to try to make a, a email that is specifically just call to act. But for right now, it's just my name, Donovan, and that's D-O-N-O-V-A-N 
Jones 1994 at gmail.com. So if you have any kind of prayer request or, or anything like that, feel free to reach out because um, I love um, praying specifically for people. I love praying by name for people because that's how we're supposed to pray. It's supposed to be relational. We're supposed to like come to the throne with, with boldness and come to the throne like with um, names in mind, putting names to request, you know, not just being vague about it, but like actually putting a name to the request. So um, if you guys want to feel free to reach out to me, but that's all I got. So God bless you guys. Remember we're all called to act. So let's get after it. Sing. Sing. Sing.